and welcome to the Money Magic Podcast with Vangile Makwakwa. This is the podcast where we talk about trauma and how it affects our finances and our lives. I help women of color unlock ancestral wisdom so they can fall in love with their bank accounts, increase income, and live their best lives. This podcast was birthed when I started having conversations with private clients and students in my online courses about the remarkable shifts they'd had in their finances and started receiving feedback and updates from people on how these conversations were helping them understand their family dynamics and financial behavior. I've seen how unlocking ancestral wisdom has helped me pay off $60,000 in debt, buy property, launch and grow my company Wealthy Money into a six-figure business in US dollars as I travel and live in various countries on the globe. I've lived in over eight countries and traveled to many more as I built this company. My intention with this podcast is to provide you with weekly episodes that help you understand the importance of healing and help you understand your relationship with money better so you can start making different financial decisions and creating a life you love for yourself and future generations. So without further ado, let's get started and dive into this week's episode. Welcome to episode 35 of the Money Magicians podcast. My name is Vangile Makwakwa. I help women of color heal ancestral money trauma so that they can fall in love with their bank accounts, increase income, and live their best lives. With me today, I'm super, super excited. It's one of my oldest friends, John, John Griffith. I actually can't even tell you how John and I met. We've just known each other for well over a decade now. When I was living in Boston, Massachusetts, we just became friends. I don't know if he remembers how we became friends. Oh yeah, I remember. It was, we had a mutual friend whose name I don't remember. But I told, him, I told him I had a coaching business and he's like, oh, you should talk to my friend Van. And then he introduced us. Yeah. He was, a guy, he was like a Chinese guy that dropped out of Boston University. I don't know if you remember his name. I don't know. Oh, like, honestly. Yeah, I, I, all I, I just remember is they, like one day you were in my life and we were friends. And that was that. <laughs> well, I'm so grateful. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, it just the universe, like God a brought natural us friendship. Yes. What happened is that God thought, hey, John and Van should be friends. And so <laughs> let me connect them. And here we are, you know, 10 years later. I know. So thank you so much for saying yes to this podcast. Oh, yeah. Thrilled. Thank you. Thanks for asking yeah. me. So I feel yeah. probably more honored than you do. I'm like, <laughs> wow, I get to be on the famous Van's podcast. What a treat. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm so excited because we've got so much that I want people to hear from you because guys, I've learned so much from John over the years. It's just been so incredible. Um, and also just like FYI, we're going to interview, we're interviewing him as our 100th guest on the Property Magicians podcast that I run with Mizo where we talk about property, but 
because I'm not bad because John is the reason why we started that podcast like uh, when in 2018 he messaged me on Gmail he sends me his entire thing he's like no we need to hop on a call and have a conversation and talk hop on a call find out that he's in real estate he teaches us he teaches me all the stuff about real estate I'm like oh no you must come teach the money magic students this Miso listened to one podcast, her life changed. She went down a rabbit hole, dragged me with her into the real estate industry. And he told us to listen to Bigger Pockets. He came back for another class where he taught more. And before you know it, we were listening to Bigger Pockets. And then we realized that there was nothing like it in South Africa where they were interviewing ordinary people. And long story short, this is how I got into podcasts started the Property Magicians podcast, and now I'm also doing, in tandem, <laughs> the Money Magic podcast. So thank you so much for that. Wow. I'm so happy to hear that. It's uh, Yeah, I didn't listen to podcasts before Bigger Pockets, you know? And then I listened to Bigger Pockets, and that was it for me and podcasts. And yep. just me and real estate, it completely changed my life and so yep. many other people's lives. You don't know... Yep how you coming to do those two classes for the Money Magic students completely changed people's lives. So wow. many of the students are now property investors. So wow. many others are getting a little weepy. I'm like, I'm like, Ben, why are you making me cry a little bit? It's, it's uh, there's some onions near me. <laughs> so yeah, I'm so glad. So thank you. And Alice, thank you. I just want to say thank you for always just sharing your knowledge and your journey with me. Just, always just sharing things that I can do and just yeah wow just being so open about everything so without further ado can you please introduce yourself tell us about yourself and what you do sure um gosh it's I yeah let's see I uh right now my most recent endeavor is I started a coaching business I guess it's kind of like my life's works all coming together. So I've been practicing yoga for 20 years, which I found to be very transformational and life-changing. And I've been practicing meditation on and off for 20 years. And then I'm really big into the coaching and personal development field and healing. Like I'm a weird sort of a healer. My wife and I always joke that I'm like a shaman or a witch because I can feel people's energies and I'm like very tuned into people and nature and natural rhythms and sort of always felt misplaced. Like, you know, what am I doing here? Um, and I worked in the corporate realm for many years, but I sort of put everything back together. So I now have a business where people can come and be coached and learn to meditate every day and do yoga and eat healthy natural foods and kind of transform their lives to be very healthy um, with mind, body, spirit. And it's been so much fun. Like I started it maybe four months ago and it's growing really fast. Um, mm -hmm. I have all these clients and I'm, I'm hiring other coaches to come and teach the programs. And I'm actually right now ironically based on real estate working on purchasing a retreat center so like a a large physical location where people can come and heal you know who are burned out or just want to come eat vegetables and do baby goat yoga and meditate every day baby goat yoga. yeah there's already baby goats on this property there's a farm it's like 
was like, it feels kind of like, okay, it couldn't be more perfect. So I'm I've just- I've been hearing about this coach yoga. Is it, is it like a real thing? It is. It's a weird thing that Americans do. Americans have, have everything. So they're always bored and trying to figure out why they're still unhappy. So uh, they, there's a thing here where you do yoga, but there's baby goats. And the baby goats kind of climb on top of you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like a phenomenon like you know so i i, I that is crazy, John. like it doesn't even it doesn't make sense so weird but it's so cute at the same time I'm like yeah. i want to be with the goats but oh my gosh is it too extra to tell people that you do baby goat yoga <laughs> <laughs> definitely it's very extra um <laughs> but i am extra um so that's what i'm doing i just started a business basically just kind of being wildly myself and mm. it's super fun. It was going great. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I love, love this. <laughs> this is so awesome. So before we even get started on all these other juicy questions, I ask everyone a question that really fascinates me because I, I, this is ultimately a show around money and trauma and ancestral money trauma, right? So what does money mean to you? How would you describe money to an alien? Um, I, I think of money as an, as an energy. It's, a, it's an energetic mm -hmm. frequency. So there's two aspects of it. One side of it is wildly made up. And this mm -hmm. is what I would explain to an alien. It's just like, we made things up. We made up that this piece of paper or this zero in this electronic bank account has X value. Mm. And that's important to understand how made up it is because mm. it can help us disentangle from the trauma and the, what naturally wants to happen, which is that we associate it with our survival and our, in our livelihood and that tr activates tremendous fear in the nervous system so it's really a completely made up phenomenon. Now, the aspect of it that's actually real is the energy of it. And it's, it, is a, it is an energy. And I find that the energy is more important than the dollar figure. And there has to be a, a harmony. So like if, say you're providing a service, there has to, it has to feel like an energetic harmony between the value somebody's receiving and the service itself. But what I've discovered for myself is that through kind of opening my own vibrational frequency to receive abundance, I can receive way more money than I ever imagined possible because of that dualism of understanding it's wildly made up. But if I'm like, if I'm, if I can just get myself and my ego out of the way, then I'm able to provide tremendous value that is valued at a high sort of made up currency amount does that make sense yes it does it makes a lot of sense and i think like a lot of us can actually resonate with that because i think even though most of us understand that money i see it as both like the physical aspects emotional mindset energetic as well right i think that most of us have had that experience where it doesn't make sense you're not doing a lot but in terms of like earthly work but you're doing so much in terms of emotional work and like right. your state and your well-being is like on another level and somehow money just finds yeah. you when you're yeah. in that state so we've all had that experience and i think the challenge that most of us 
have, right, is how do we keep going back into that state? Yes. I mean, what I've learned is that I, not to even try keeping that state, but to just focus on being, you know, constantly allowing myself to evolve and be, and sometimes it will dip, sometimes it will unlock more money and sometimes it will contract. But as I keep doing the work, something, there is a kind of consistent expansion that is happening. Even when it feels like it's a contraction, afterwards it's like the expansion just becomes crazy. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it's it's such a rich thing to talk about. I'm glad you talked about the natural expansion contraction because it is everything's Mm -hmm. like that. Nature follows that rhythm. Each of our breaths, you know, we have to inhale and then exhale. If we just expanded our lungs forever, you know, we would, our lungs would explode and we would die. Or if like, or if the seasons, if it was only ever summer, we basically scorch the earth and everything would die because it wouldn't have an opportunity to go through the contraction cycle of the fall and winter months in order to explode with growth. So I find it helps to understand that it's a natural rhythm. So we don't make it wrong. So like when we, when we're going through a financial contraction, where things get dicey is when we make that a problem. So like when we're, we're like, oh my God, I'm in money scarcity. And then you start to feel stressed mm-hmm. about the fact that you're in money scarcity. And then the way our brains work is that that's all it starts to see. So it, it makes yep. the, the contraction a problem. And then we're on this death spiral. And guess what? Mm-hmm. Things become more and more and more scarce because we're, sent, we're now sending an energetic frequency out it's like time is scarce, money is scarce, I'm scarce. Yeah. We get this sort of like, and I do this. It's like, to me, it's very masculine energy. I get into this sort of frantic state of like trying to force things and everything I'm doing is, is half-assed. Like, like, I, like I'm trying to get financing and I was trying to send documents to a, a bank and I was doing it so fast, I, I did the wrong email address. I missed a single letter. And oh then I'm like, God. why is this guy not getting back to me? Because I was in that frantic masculine Mm -hmm. energy so thankfully my wife who's like a divine goddess energy is like you need to slow down because and here's why it's counterintuitive because our brains are like okay money's scarce i have to work harder to make more money but when we try to do that it's a complete opposite it's we're we're repelling money because we're sending a signal it's like i'm scarce and and when you're running around you're, you're telling the universe you can't handle anything else you're like, oh, no, I have what I have, but you're sending out a frequency that's like, I can't handle anything else. Look at me. It's okay. so fascinating. I mean, it's think about it if it's your employee. So that's why like, with oh, wow. Okay, this is such a new way of looking at ease because you know, I'm all about like ease, taking things slow, mainly because I find that when we get into that frantic energy and we're doing too much and we're feeling frantic, emotionally we get into this frantic emotional state which leads to desperation and leads to anxiety like literally we work ourselves up into anxiety and panic which feels icky and also makes it harder for us to work right and eventually leads to overwhelm but what you're saying is that you are also sending this message to the universe to say, my cup is full. Exactly. I cannot handle anything Barely else. Barely handle what I Don't have. Don't send me anything else. I can't do it. I can't deal and, with it. And if the universe is really listening, it's like, okay, let me take more away from you. <laughs> if your cup's oh, too full wow. and you can't handle it, 
And that's why we get into this, the, the contraction can be severe if we don't interrupt it. Um, oh my goodness. Yeah. I mean, think about it on a practical level. If you have an employee and they're running around and they're frantic and they're busy, are you going to give them more work or are you going to take work off their table so that they can handle what they have? Versus wow. the, the way to, to get to shorten a contraction back into an expansion is to do what's completely counterintuitive, which is like, and I had to do this last weekend because the business is, it's growing straight up, but cash flow is still very inconsistent. So I might have a huge amount of cash and then nothing for a while. Mm. And so I was freaking out because now I have all these people I need to pay too. Like, <laughs> like, like totally activating them. They're going to hate me. I'm going to like, I'm going to blow it. Yeah. And, I, and I went total masculine. This like old familiar place of like, I'm going to force these outcomes. I'm going to work 24 seven. I'm going to like, mm. and, and my wife's like, no, just stop, chill out and spend a bunch of money. Most of the counterintuitive thing. I'm like, so counterintuitive. Like, oh. I love it. But I, it, I've done it enough times that I'm like, she's right. So like on Friday, we just got this like totally laid back brunch at this really nice place in Boston. And I went out and I just, relax and I spent a bunch of money and I had fun and went shopping and then Saturday we like went hiking in nature and then Sunday we just watched you know movies all day and then mm -hmm. I, to get back into the feminine but energy, can I also just say this right because <laughs> I love to preface these things because someone's listening to this and then they go and they spend a bunch of money and underneath all that spending of money is deep fear so they're doing it, but underneath this fear and their nervous system is freaking yeah. out. Actually, that could trigger an even deeper fear response, yeah. right? Yeah. So I feel like you were spending this money, but you were also spending it from a place of calm, right? Because yeah. well, you had done this often enough, so your nervous system was, wasn't freaking out that, oh yeah. my gosh, I'm not going to have any money left to pay for things and going into survival mode. Yeah. And that's what helped a lot for you. But I'm if you're you doing did. just the actions without the actual yeah. internal feelings, yeah. it can cause a lot of issues in the long run. Well, here's the shift. And it's good that you brought attention to this because you're right. If you spend money without shifting the energetics, it doesn't help. Mm -hmm. And when you're yeah. in this place, even if you make lots of money, by some miracle, you can't enjoy it. You actually can't receive it. You can receive it into your bank account, but not energetically. And here's why, because all that fear and scarcity is like third chakra ego stuff. Like I'm not going to be okay. I need to hoard money to survive. So the shift is up into the fourth chakra because in the heart is where faith exists. And you're right. You have to shift from wow. fear to faith and it's hard. Because your ego wants to maintain control because that's its whole jam. But you can use faith to hack it, to be like, you know what? I can't see how I'm going to be making money, but I have a faith and a trust that I've developed over time that it's going to be okay. And what's mm. fascinating is that- Actually, I could never hack that until I actually worked on the trauma around that because- yeah parts of me were always scared that like well I always found like even though things did work out it was always like I first went into 
a deep ditch before they worked out. So I was always, yeah. I would always live in fear that like with faith would come this like first you struggle. And I hear that a lot, right? Like we even have saying oh, yeah. like the longer you struggle, the bigger the breakthrough or something like that. So we kind of associate breakthroughs and faith with like deep struggle. And I hear that all the yeah. time. And uh, now I've started to question that. But for a long time, I believed yeah. that, which also made it so hard for me to pull on that faith. Yes, so exactly. I'm just wondering, how do you, did you ever have that? Oh yeah, for sure. The first time my wife pointed to me, she's like, you don't have any faith. Like, cause I had like trust issues. Like I have to do everything on my own. I can't trust anyone or no one's gonna take care of me. And it's a very stressful way to live life. So when she pointed that to that, I was like, you know what, you're right. And I was like, you know what, God, I pray to have more faith. What happened? I came back from vacation and my first day back from vacation, I was fired from my job. And now I have a, we have told a, me a about this, actually. daughter on the way. I just bought a three family house and we have our daughter that's due in two months and I'm now unemployed. And I was like, I like you. I was like, this is terrible. This is horrible. But I had to, it's almost like energetically, I had to have the rug taken out because I couldn't, how could I strengthen my faith if everything's groovy? And what did I do? Like within a month, I got two job offers and, and including one that was exactly what I wanted to, in order to get to this place where I'm running my own firm very successfully. So it actually, it did pay off and it doesn't always have to go that way. Yes. Because yes, this time, in this example, I just was like, I have faith. And um, and then everything shifted right away. But you're right. That has to come before spending money and relaxing. Mm -hmm. But then you think energetically, like when you're, oh, there's one more thing I wanted to mention. This is fascinating, Ben, and you should look it up. Statistically, people of faith are much wealthier than people who are not. And what I mean is, I, I only have the context of America mostly. Yep. But a lot of people who are like, oh, why am I saying you've you've traveled to different countries? But yeah, okay. no, I've traveled. Yeah, I've traveled to thirty countries, but I live I've lived here mostly. So in America, there's a wildly disproportionate number of millionaires and billionaires who are like really strong Christians, which is kind of the faith here in the U.S. Mm. And I've noticed that it's it's fascinating to me, but they're correlated because. When you have a faith like things are going to work out, yeah. you, you, you make riskier bets. And usually those riskier bets are the ones that really pay off. That you might is be like, actually fascinating. Yeah. So and actually your faith proven. becomes your anchor when taking risky bets. Yes. Faith mm. is key. And the other thing I talk about in my programs is intuition. So when you combine your faith, when, like, when your intuition is like, okay, this is a good opportunity. And your ego and your fear are gonna say, oh, it's crazy, don't do that. But you have faith and you combine those two, you make the kind of bets, you might start a business and it just yeah. explodes, or you might you know, see an investment opportunity and you mm -hmm. go for it. But those are the things that really accumulate wealth really fast. Wealth isn't accumulated yes. by being safe. You know, They're kind of like mutually exclusive. And so many people get into this Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you brought this up. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt, John, but <laughs> I just have to reiterate this, right? Like you just said, 
wealth and safety are mutually exclusive, that there is an element of risk. I mean, even in investing, right? That like oh, return on investment is the payment that you get for taking on the risk of investment. Exactly. So for you to build wealth, you need to take on an element of risk. And what you're saying is true. Wealth is mostly accumulated through investing, a risky thing, and yeah. through um, actually starting businesses, highly risky, right? Yes, exactly. Yes. Yeah. In, in, in the United States, you know, it was like something like two thirds of millionaires are entrepreneurs. And it's I not- can see that because when you're an entrepreneur, nobody, you get to determine your income up to a point, yeah. right? You get to say this month, I want to make X amount and nobody can really stop you because yeah. you get to decide the action plans, the people you're going to hire, the strategy, exactly. et cetera. But when you're working with someone, even if I said I wanted to make more money, my more money is dependent on HR, salary negotiations, promotions, et cetera. So it's yeah. almost like there's so much, there's only so much power that I have in a job when it comes yeah. to my own salary. You, you don't have, you actually don't really have any, like you might be able to negotiate a little bit, but that's only one piece of the pie. That's the cash flow. Mm-hmm. The reason two thirds of millionaires in the United States are entrepreneurs is also that a business becomes very valuable. So, you know, you either, you happen to own $10 million worth of assets. Like, you know, if you own a, like distribution channels or equipment or things like that, or if a biz, when a business say it's making, you know, $3 million, it could be worth 10 million if you were to sell it. And that's why it's, so it's, it's both, it's the cash flow, but it's also that when you're the one who owns the business or even own a property is a great example of a business. Mm. That thing is always accumulating value. So through yeah. the course of a lifetime, you know, you can accumulate a tremendous amount of wealth if you're, if you're doing the things that Van tells you to do, you know, which is <laughs> to take, don't spend your money on things like clothes. You know, like I bought this shirt at like, not, not this one, but I buy a lot of my clothes from Primark, which is like, they're so cheap. They're like a dollar. You can like buy a shirt for like a dollar because I'd much rather take my 50 bucks and buy like some sort of, well, I tell crypto. people to spend according to their values, right? So obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. clothing is not a core value for you. But then like I have clients who are stylists. So them spending yeah, lots right. of money on clothes yeah. actually makes them way more money than they spend on oh, the yeah. clothing. That makes sense. Right? So it, it also depends on the business. But I get what you're saying is that go yeah. spend money on the things that you value. John values real estate and investments, so he would rather spend his money on real yeah. estate and investments. Well, and when, and when you when you put, it's like, call it like putting money to work. So when your money goes yeah. into investments, it just makes more money. So like instead of putting your money and spending it on something, invest, the definition of investment is simple. You put your money in something that makes more money. It could be clothes. Mm. If clothes are bringing you clients, it could be your health. Yep. If you're if you're healthier, you're more radiant, and you attract more clients and wealth. It could be investments, but the idea is mm-hmm. put your money in things that make money because it pools. Yeah. It's like you take a small puddle, and a lot of people think like, "Oh, I don't have the money to be an investor." You only need five bucks if you take one dollar and you put it into crypto or some kind of stock or something. That thing mm-hmm. is growing. 
And then mm. you take that money and you put that into things. And it's just like, it's just, it pools really fast. But it's it really does, eh? I mean, like I've seen it just as an entrepreneur, right? Like you put money in something, it's a product or into growing a particular thing. Like I've literally grown wealthy money just from like my online courses. And from there, like adding stuff, I was able to then book out retreat venues before people even paid me for retreats. Then I uh, started to grow and put money into the Property Magicians podcast to be able to grow that, like for um, editors, for sound editors, for graphic designs, all those things. Then I was able to start the Money Magic podcast. So there's like all these other things I've been able to use the same money that I get from the business to yes. buy property. So making money work in other areas getting one stream of income to create the next stream of income exactly and it's just a mindset you just yes. think it's like you think i'm an investor mm. and then you're always looking for an investment opportunity and then every time mm. you have a spare dollar you put it into an investment but it, it it accumulates so fast but here's the thing i want to circle back at the at the end of making the switch from from scarcity into abundance and contraction to expansion because yeah. it's all about um, uh, divine feminine energy, just like relaxing, receiving. And this is the kinds of things I coach folks in. I'm like, oh, you wanna make more money? Don't, just do nothing. Just go to sleep really early, sleep for like nine or 10 hours, take naps, relax, literally sit there and do nothing at all. And just yeah. relax and receive. And I, and I teach people how to open their throat chakra, which is like kind of the, receiving of abundance and um and then guess what frequency you're sending out now i mean think about it, you have this long luxurious vacation are you in scarcity or are you in abundance you're in abundance right i mean yes i so agree with this but i also know having been that person that would take long luxurious vacations with underlying anxiety and panic attacks and how like that would sometimes make me even more anxious and more panicked and also seeing how now as I've done the work and I take long luxurious vacations and relax and chill out how that brings a whole different type of energy around money into my life so definitely in favor of rest and luxurating and everything yes. but also in favor of doing that from a space where the nervous system feels safe and right. feels relaxed versus yeah. uh, doing that with the nervous system that is in a state of extreme hypervigilance and yes. completely survival mode because it doesn't help yeah. to go on vacation and i've done this where you're on vacation, but every single thought is like, oh my God, how much does the soft drink cost? How much does this burger cost? How much does this cost? And you're counting every single penny that you're spending. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's, and that's the key of what we talked about earlier is like switching mm. from fear to faith. Like it's an yeah. energetic thing. It's a, it's like from an energetic standpoint, it's like, it's like holding and constraining tightly. Mm. You're releasing. Yes, like, I love that. Releasing like that you have to work, you have to be the one to worry about your own life. And that's where the faith comes in. Cause if you actually really cultivate the belief that everything works for the best and you're taken care of and God loves you and, and people love you and you're supported, that's what causes the shift where you can actually authentically relax. 
because then think about it then energetically you're 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 expanding your space and you're sending a message saying i can handle more you're now yep. like i have a big have abundant i'm like like mm. everything's groovy everything's great and then mm. the universe is like all right i guess you're ready for more flood of abundance you know people money resources everything you can ever imagine and ease right because you're not yeah. going all over the place you're being still so the universe yeah. is sending you things because well you're not doing much with that time so that means that you can handle more you're resting you're relaxing this is such an interesting take because i mean a lot of what i teach is about getting into a space of ease doing less relaxing yeah but the way that you're explaining it makes so much sense on an energetic level, right? For me, yeah. it's always like you want to calm your nervous system. You want to be relaxed. You want to be calm. And that's when creativity can start to drop in as well. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that it's just like all these things are happening all at once. They're happening right. on a physical and energetic and emotional plane. Yeah. Wow. I mean, yeah. I'm even more in favor of ease now. Yeah, <laughs> more in favor of fifty-fifty. Like we always think, oh, I have to work. You know, I'm like my wife always says, don't tell me about work-life balance if you work five days a week and rest two. So like I only work Monday through Thursday for a few hours, like yeah. eleven a.m. to three p.m. and then I go to yoga and I all morning I meditate and I hang out with God and my my two beautiful children and go out in nature and I like barely work. And the, this is the most successful business I've ever started. Because wow, I'm actually feeling all based on divine feminine energy. And like mm. problem, I don't have a problem like, oh, I'm I'm not making enough money or something. My problem is everything's growing so fast, it's overwhelming. So then I get mm. back into the fashion, scarcity, uh, doing this and that. <clears throat> so as long as I keep keep making that shift into feminine energy of like relaxing, receiving, and this is important. This is, and I learned this stuff from this shaman guy when I accepted, okay, I'm just a weird shaman. I can stop pretending like I'm a normal guy because I'm really not. I'm so weird. <laughs> but I was like, okay, I, I got to learn about this. And he's the one that taught me that everything's an internal vibration first. So like, if you go inward- I feel like you've always known that though. Like, when did you learn this? Because I feel like even like when we met, you kind of ago. already understood yeah this. a lot of people say that to me it's kind of funny it's like i my own brain had to catch up because i was like oh i'm doing it i'm making this retreat center i was meditating in madagascar last year and i saw this vision of it and they're like you talked about this 20 years ago when we first met <laughs> like i did you know i was like i feel like this is so <laughs> not new to me like all these things that you're saying i'm like but you've always known that yeah. on such an internal level like it yeah. was part of you. I know. Well, you know, it's kind of like the, the fun thing about life is often you have to relearn the things over and over and over and over and this over and on a deeper level. And there's, there's studies showing this. Like the best way to learn is like these sort of curly cues. Like you actually, you, you learn it on, on deeper and deeper levels. And sometimes it's discouraging. Mm -hmm. Like I call it a, a transformational nightmare when I wake up and I realize I'm just being the same jerk that I was 10 years ago. And it's so discouraging. I'm like, really? Still? Like, have I made no progress? But then I try to coach myself and I'm like, it's okay. You're, you're deep, deeper level. Don't freak out, you know? Uh, but thanks for saying oh, that. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. But it's important to kind of, I guess, remember these things. 
Yeah. Because that's how you make that switch from fear to faith. You like you have to do it internally before you do anything else. You Amen. have to, you know, step out in faith first internally, and then it attracts it externally. Mm, mm. And your your wow, that is so powerful. Rearranges itself around your internal what you're mm. reprogramming. Mm. I'm so glad that you said that because I think that often we are misled and I say misled because internally our souls know this truth, right? But we are constantly misled on this earthly plane to believe that first the shift happens externally because I hear people say this all the time. They're like, first I will make the money and then I will rest. And I'm like, no. How, how though, like, how does that happen? You know, yeah. so first I will change every first, like my finances yeah. will change and then I'll become a risk right. taker. And I'm like, it doesn't yeah. work like that. First you invest in your personal development, you invest your finances, you invest in running your own business, all these things. And then, uh, and all, of course, and all these internal changes are happening and then the external changes happen yeah. it's not first that you get safety and then you make the decision i know well in and his i know it it sometimes feels to people like how can you say that you're only saying that because your your situation is different no i promise you i learned the hard way as well <laughs> yes oh exactly well here's why i'm glad you brought this up because i just taught this lot this past week the reason that that is and it's counterintuitive is because our own brain is working against us. Mm. Like, and we fall for it every time. Our own brain mm. is like a toxic relationship and it lies to us. It always yes. says, you're like, as soon as I have the money, then I can finally relax and be happy. Or like, mm. as soon as I meet my loving partner, then I can relax and finally be happy. And we fall for it every single time. We yep. actually believe it, like our, but it's a lie. It's tricking us with this carrot in front of us because what happens the moment we get the money, it's just the yep. next thing. It's like, okay, I have the money. Maybe I'm happy for five minutes and then I realize I'm lonely with my money. I need a life partner. And then yeah. you find your life partner and then you're like, oh, this relationship's hard. I hate it. Or like, you're like, oh, then kids, that will make me happy, which as a parent, <laughs> it's hard. Like, but the point is you have to understand your own brain is lying to you every second. And this is why I share with people. I'm like, and it's this, it's this um, aspect of desire. Our, our brain tricks us into thinking that if we can just fulfill our desire, then we'll finally be happy. It's mm -hmm. always a lie. Because the only authentic desire we have is for connection. Yes. We just want to be connected. We like I want to be connected with Dan and I want to be connected with myself and I want to be connected mm. with God. Because it's all the same thing. Because yes. the reality is we actually are all connected. It's our natural state. Yes. And it's only the brain and the ego that creates the state of disconnection. Wow, so that's, that's why the only answer is on the inside. Like you have to dissociate and sever your relationship to your own brain that's always working against you mm. because then your consciousness naturally draws inward where you actually find happiness and relaxation. And then guess what? It shows up on the outside. And it's yeah. the complete opposite 
And if, if our brain had the chance, it would love to keep tricking us for our entire life all the way up until we arrive safely at the grave. Yes, because the brain wants to be right, right? Oh, we yeah. create these beliefs from a, really, from a really young age of how the world is. And so our brain will keep feeding us that this is the way this world is. Yes. And so we then are led to believe it and that leads us to feel a particular way about people, about life, about money, about everything. Yes. yes. So yes, the brain yes. and the brain also just wants to keep us alive. Exactly. So the way Hold that the up. brain works is always like, this is the way that things have always been. So yes. let's yes. not change them because exactly. these things, even yes. though it hurts me and it's painful, at least I know this reality and I yes. can deal with it and I know how to survive it. Exactly. A different reality is a no-no because yep. who will I be in that reality? Can I survive it? Is it possible that I will even be alive tomorrow in a new reality? Right. So yep. the brain just wants to keep us yep. alive. Yeah, and that's does. why I always yep. say to people that the brain will always work against you when it comes to expansion. Yep, it does. Because anything besides its outdated files from 20 years ago is threatening. And this yeah. is another way it, you're in a toxic relationship. You have these old files from 20 years ago that were just like one snapshot. And your brain thinks with absolute certainty that it's right. Despite, mm. if you look at your lifetime, it's been proven wrong a thousand times. A thousand times you've seen that your brain is wrong, but it makes no difference because it always assumes it's right about everything. So the mm. only possibility is that everyone and everything else is wrong. Yep, this is so true. I love that you said yeah. that. But also, isn't this because we grow up in societies? I think you talk a lot about the divine feminine, and I want us to talk about that, like what it's like doing yep. business uh, through the divine feminine or from the aspect of the divine yes. feminine, right? But we grow up in this world that that is extremely masculine and the masculine prizes the brain overall. So we are yes. taught from a very young age to trust our brains over our body's messaging, over yes. intuition, over yes. what the heart is saying. So we yes. all grow up in these people that over prioritize the brain right we yeah. over um prioritize oh my gosh we're so intelligent we were a plus students etc yeah. and we don't prioritize emotional intelligence relation yeah. uh, relationing intelligence social intelligence all these things because that is not what we were taught to do yes that's exactly right and i'm glad you brought it up because the sad thing about your toxic relationship with your own brain is that the whole thing is designed to keep you in a state of constant unhappiness. Mm. And that's why we, we have in the United States, there's like a mental health crisis, like yeah. mental health, you know, uh, emotional health, psychological mm. health is only getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And there's a lot of factors to it. But my, my theory, the one that I like to focus on is that we're trying to use the brain to become happy but that's the very thing that's designed to keep us as unhappy as possible. So when the harder you try to use your brain to find happiness, the more miserable you become. Yes, that is, that is so profound. 
That's actually yeah. extremely profound. Yes. Well, and that's, why, and that's why I always teach folks, the only thing in my entire course that's mandatory is daily meditation. Because I'm yeah. like, our brains are just so, without meditating every day, in my experience, it's hopeless mm. to create space around my own brain. Like without meditation, I'm in my brain. I'm listening yep. to it. I think what it's saying is real. Yeah. I think this thing is something I should actually be afraid of. You know, yeah. I go on my spirals, but through a consistent meditation practice, there's a space and I can begin to realize I'm the observer and my brain's just going to do what it does. It's going to pump out fear. It's going to try to make me as unhappy as possible. It's going to cheat, lie, and deceive me all the time. But I'm like, you need to break up with your brain. Like it's a toxic... <laughs> such a toxic relationship like you tell it to move out you know you don't have to believe all the thoughts and that your mind thinks no. right nope. i really don't believe any of them don't so believe I, I any of that them. In and i think yeah. you also started to see this in vipassana right it's that like my gosh whatever's going on in my mind is not really the truth of what's going on in reality like I remember yeah. when I had that realization that I'm at Vipassana and all I'm worried about is my, this, I went to Vipassana guys at the height of my panic attacks around money. So my entire focus is money, but I'm here for 10 days. Nobody's yeah. talking to me. Nobody's asking me for money. Why is my brain doing this? Yeah. I feel like I had that realization by day eight. It was, yeah, like the breakup with my brain had already started. It yes. was like, yes, I that's see key. what you're doing to me. You're making my body crazy. You're making me crazy. Thank <laughs> you, but no thanks. Yes. No, and honestly, in my experience, the more I break up with my brain, the happier and more joyful I become. Because <laughs> it's, and this is what I always teach people. I'm like, take the brain out of the driver's seat of your life. It's a horrible driver. It's just yeah. a raving lunatic. It's like swerving to, you know, avoid imaginary potholes, like these things that happened to you 20 years ago that it thinks are real. And it's obsessed with what every other driver thinks about you every second of every day. And I'm like, dude, just put your brain in the backseat and let your intuition drive. Like let your, let your soul drive the thing that is a much more sophisticated GPS system. Yes. And it's wow. interesting because the more we do it, the stronger the voice of intuition becomes. So mm -hmm. if you, if your intuition is like, you know, and I teach this to my coaches, I'm like, charge X rate. They're like, how much should I charge? And I'm like, I don't know. What does your intuition say? And it's always higher. Same. Than That's how I teach pricing. I teach people to get yes. into their bodies, to exactly. sit with the price, to just like feel how it feels yes. in the body. It's, yes. It doesn't like, I'm just like, that is your pricing because that's what's going to feel comfortable to your body. Right. It's going to feel congruent in yep. your, into with your soul. And it so when you announce it, it's just going to like everything in you is going to say yes. And it's all yep. going to reverberate as a yes. Right. This yep. is, oh my gosh. Okay. So this brings me before I give any of my theories around the traditional masculine system and patriarchy. Let me yeah. stop and just ask you the question so you can answer for us. Um, what is the difference that you're noticing as you're working 
from the space of the divine feminine versus the traditional way of doing business that we were taught yes. and especially the traditional way of doing business in the u.s because oh, oh my gosh that's also what i was taught right oh. like having lived in the u.s like this is how you do business so how is oh, this yeah. different and oh, it's a, yeah it's, that's such a yeah just question. share with us yeah absolutely um so i just i can't yet because i have to finish the other thing which is every time we listen to our intuition. So if your intuition is like $2,000 and we listen to it, the voice of the intuition becomes stronger and the brain becomes quieter. But every time we listen to the brain, so if your intuition is like charge 2000, but your brain's like, people will hate me. What will they think? No one has any money. I'm only gonna charge a thousand. Then your brain becomes louder because now your brain's the thing running your life again. And that's why, like, I'm like, just get out of your brain, break up with it, put it in the back seat and let your intuition guide you because it accelerates everything. Your intuition already knows what your life path is. Your brain's only job is to keep you miserable and hopefully alive. So when we let our intuition guide us, it's like, instead of something that might take five years, if we try to use our brain, well, it just happens like immediately and immediately, immediately. And that voice becomes stronger. And this is the answer to your question, because the brain is the masculine energy. It's like thinking, strategizing, analytical, taking action, 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 ego based, kind of like this. It's a sense of forcefulness. And the first thing I thought when you asked the question is when it comes to sales and marketing, there's this kind of like manipulative forcefulness that you see a lot in businesses and, yes. and frankly, I have to, I've had to stay away from it. Like so, people approach me every day to try to sell me marketing methods. And I'm like, I don't want any of them because they're all masculine, manipulative. They're gimmicky. They're going to try to, mm. you know, get people to do something, but it doesn't feel right energetically. And that's why so many people are like you sales, because it's like that it's the exactly. Force, the force and can I tell you that I fell for this at the beginning of this year? Oh, and then like I yep. hated my like I hated what I'd created in that <laughs> time period with the coaches. And believe it or not, like I literally I keep saying to people, like I spent money to learn how to trust myself yes. from December up until May, because what happened was exactly that. Like they were teaching yep. me all these gimmicky sales thing. And one of the things that they were teaching me was like, you hop people get on a call with people and never ever get off the call until you get people's credit card details. And I was like, I've never had to do that. You know, like if someone says they need to think about something, in fact, I'm like, usually like, take all the time you need take, yes. I'll contact you. Well, when do you want me to contact you? And we want to discuss this again. Cool. And they could not believe that I run a business like that. And so yes. they were changing me to be more business-like and then I hated everything. Yeah. I couldn't take action on their marketing strategy. And what yeah. I learned from that, John, it's actually one of the most powerful lessons I learned. I was saying to my property co-host podcast, uh, my property podcast co-host Mizo, I was saying to her, what this taught me was that actually when I'm going against my intuition, I cannot take action. I didn't realize yeah. that. And it's taken me years to figure this out because she's always said to me, she's, all, she's known it for a while because she's like, 
things are not going to work because you're going against your intuition and you have a hard time doing that. Yes. For the first time, I was like, I could not implement anything yep. that I was learning in that program. Yep. I was paying oh, for yeah. it, but I couldn't yes. implement it. I was like, what is going on? I ditched it. And can I tell you now that I'm doing what is coming from my intuition? Whoa. I'm yep. like, oh my gosh. It's almost like, cause I'm like, oh wow. I think I put up six months worth of actions and I'm like, yes. let's just do, 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 do. Yes. Right? Because yes. that whole time I was just like, can't do it. That's what, yeah. And that's what not it accelerating. It accelerates things. So that's exactly mm. right. The, so that's the answer to your question. The way I run a business is crazy. I told you, I usually only work 20 hours a week because I was like, honestly, I'd rather spend Drive my, life my baby. Like I have a three-year-old daughter and a three-month-old son. And I'm like, I don't want to look back on these, the most, like I'm actually moved to tears. So I'm like, these could be the most precious moments of my entire life. So why the hell would I spend it working? I want to absorb every single moment with them and just frolic in nature, which is my natural place I want to be. And so I built the business around what actually matters to me. And then, so that's one crazy thing. I barely work. Two, I don't ever do any sales and marketing. All I do is I just post like once a day. I'll just like, maybe even it's realistic is like twice a week. Like I'll do some post. And I'll do a Facebook live and I'll just talk about this stuff, you know, but I'll talk about it. Like I'm sharing my heart. Like, here's my journey. Like, here's my fears. Here's my insecurities. Here's what I'm going through. And it so resonates with people that I get flooded with like every single day. People reach out to me. So many people call me and they're like, I don't even know why I'm calling you. But what happens is it's like a, it's like a, it's a magnetic force. It's because mm. I made my life about maintaining my vibrational consciousness frequency at a very mm. high level. So mm. my non-negotiables are I meditate every single day. Mm -hmm. I teach meditation all the time. I do yoga all the time. I exercise mm. every single day. I eat super healthy. I fast every day. Mm. I spend lots of time with my children. I spend lots of time in nature. I spend lots of time with God. And because mm. I hang out there, I barely have to do a thing. And there's such a flood of people. I had to start hiring people immediately, like all mm -hmm. these other coaches. And now it's just like, I can barely keep up. I can barely breathe because there's no manipulation. I'm just like, here's who I am. Here's my heart and what matters to me. And people are so deeply impacted by it because as human beings, we're uniquely the same. Yeah. We all have the same fears. We all have the same insecurities because we are the same. Mm -hmm. Like there's no john and van there's just connection yes. there's just a, yep. an inter a, a, a web of consciousness that is the existence of everything and what's bananas about that is that when i just focus on relaxing and receiving and grace and ease and divine feminine energy everything just comes to me, I don't have to do a single thing. Like I've never had to go pursue a sale. Like, and it's like you said, I give people all the time in the world. I'm like, they're like, they call me. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. Maybe you want to do this program. But I'm like, I don't know. Ask your intuition. I'm like, I don't care. 
I have no, I don't care. Like, yeah, I always say to people, does it resonate with you? Yes. Is this what your spirit is telling you? Yes. Like, people will say, like one of the guests in episode 29 said, like, she woke up in the middle of the night and her ancestors were like, you yes. better be doing this course. Yes, <laughs> like, exactly. We, we love this course. And so many people have said that to me. So I always joke, I'm like, I'm just here talking to the living, but actually it's the it's the ones that have passed on that are hearing me (laughs) you guys are just showing up so that they can listen to me you guys are like yeah and they are the ones that are actually like this is making sense (laughs) from the other spiritual realm here's what has that all works so well one the feminine energy is much more plugged into the divine so it's Mm -hmm. kind of like you kind of have god and flow all working with you so you're running a business downstream, like you're going with the current. So it's easy. It's just effortless. It's like an effortless experience. You just sit around, the tides carry you and insane amounts of money and people and resources come flooding in because the masculine is always trying to force and go up river and like make yes. things happen. And, and um, uh, what was the last I'm thing? I'm in favor of balancing both the masculine and the feminine. But definitely I get what you're saying because so many of us are actually not even incorporating the feminine at all. So many people are operating from the masculine. And this is the thing with hustle culture. Like I'm always like, guys, how did hashtag 5am club and hashtag team no sleep become a thing to celebrate? What is going on here? Are you serious right now? Yeah, I used to be in that game, but it's all, it's the trick. It's the trick. Like mm-hmm. I used to work like a hundred hours a week with everything oh, I had. Happened. No. And even though I was making lots of money, I couldn't enjoy it. hundred hours a week, John. Where did you even find a hundred hours to work in a week? Uh, if you get up at 5 a.m. and work till 9 or 10 p.m., you can. What? Yeah. 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 I'm not every week, but some weeks, yeah, I could clock 120 hours. There's 168 hours in a week. So if you're barely sleeping and you're operating like that, and sadly, the way a lot of people operate in the United States, yeah, you make tons of money, but you can't enjoy it. You actually don't have any capacity to receive it energetically. You just kind of work yourself to the bone and then you end up, and I know like some of my coaches like had physical breakdowns, like they they work so hard in this kind of hamster wheel that their body just broke down and they were like in bed for months, just healing themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's who I tend to tr- attract. It's like those, it's like recovering masculine energy people. Hmm. You know, they, they did the crazy thing. Except for polite. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Except for polite. Yes. Thank you, Steve. Yeah. So guys, if you nice. haven't listened to polite's interview, I think it's episode seven or eight of the Money Magic podcast. Definitely check it out. She is incredible and she works with John and she does womb healing and all sorts of incredible yeah. things. She's one of his coaches. Amazing. Uh, well, I'm glad you, you brought up like this. One of the things. Oh, sorry, John. Uh, we missed you. But the wind kind of like took your voice out. I was going to say, I'm glad you brought up polite in the balancing masculine and feminine because you're right. There has to be a balance. Like nature is designed yes. to have those two things, aspects in harmony. And it doesn't even matter if it's men, women, because you see it in gay couples, you see yeah. it in animals, you always see it. There's, there's one aspect of the masculine energy when there's one of the feminine and they work when they're harmonized. 
Mm. However, for me as a man in this lifetime, I don't have to worry about the balance because I skew hyper-masculine naturally, especially when under stress. Mm. So my whole journey is to try to harmonize myself energetically by moving into the feminine. And one of the ways that this wasn't even really on purpose, or maybe it was for God, but almost with one exception, every single one of my coaches is women. <laughs> they find <laughs> that uh, it's nice because it helps me run a very feminine energy visit. And Polite is one of them. Like Polite was the first one who was like, all right, I'll, I'll launch a group. And you know, she's doing a great job. And, and funny enough, she has a bunch of men in her group. Her group's almost all men because nature always wants to harmonize with those, those energies. So, yeah. Yep. This is so fascinating. Huh. And like, I get so stressed. Like, even watching movies, I'll be like, oh my God, that's too much testosterone for me. Like, I was watching Peaky Blinders the other day. I was like, how can they operate like this? The testosterone. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, I've things. seen it in relationships. You're right. Like, Often, even men that are like, oh, we're doing the inner work and we're really connected with our feminine. Once they get super stressed, they get into this intense masculine energy. Yeah. And it's always like, oh my God, this is so stressful. And they think I'm joking when I start talking about how this is stressing me out because like, yeah. I don't know what to do with it. Well, it's, it's impressive. It's, it's an so oppressive energy. It's, a, it's, a, it's an intense and oppressive energy. And like mm. I said, my goal is to always try to balance them 50-50. Yeah. And, and that's why I operate on these radical concepts. Like if you're doing any activity for 50% of your time, you should be doing nothing for the other 50%. Mm. Like it's crazy mm. to work five days a week and rest too. I, I, was I tried to do that. Thank in the you. But I was Thank tired. You. Every Monday I was <laughs> tired. And I just was like, this isn't enough time. So my wife and I were like, what if we just took every Friday off and just spent it with family? And at least we're not quite 50-50, but we're close to it. And it really works mm, because mm, ultimately mm. you want to be 50-50. So if you're working half the week, do nothing half the week and relax and have fun and enjoy life. You know, or if you're working half the, half the day, then do absolutely nothing the other half. But we get into these masculine patterns. And here's the real problem. This is insidious is that whenever we try to relax, our masculine conditioning is beating us up and telling us we should be hustling. We should be doing this, or there's all these things to do. I feel I'm like that's more capitalism or, and <laughs> just like I mean? the entire system that like growing up in a capitalist uh, society, yep. it's inevitable. Like we are yep. shamed for wanting to rest. Right. We yes. are shamed for wanting things to be easy. We're shamed for not always being on the hamster wheel and producing yeah. because the idea is that if we're constantly on the hamster wheel and producing, we're helping further the system. But the system doesn't help any of us because no. what's the purpose of not being able to take time out to go to the spa, to get massages, right. to get acupuncture, to right. rest, to restore? It yeah. just doesn't make sense to live in such yeah. a system, you know? So many people don't even get to go to gym because 100 hour work weeks, right? You don't see your family. Like, what is this? Yes. You know? no, and of yep. course, we're then bringing up children who feel 
who have these gaping mother and father wounds and who feel yeah. abandoned, right? Yeah. Because they never ever saw their parents and their parents were working for the system. So yes. I feel like the system has taught us how to beat ourselves up right. for wanting to rest. Yeah, and the, problem, and the problem is that we're never actually resting yeah when we try to rest and honestly mm -hmm. i was in that cycle i was in that masculine hamster wheel until covid happened and then yeah. all of a sudden i started getting enough sleep every night and i was like oh my god i don't have to spend all my energy trying to manage myself from exploding reactively like mm -hmm. so much of my i just had so much happening you know all these people and programs and properties and jobs and all this stuff i was always stressed and trying to not explode with a reaction, like this is the next thing, you know? But I just started getting like, and I went total feminine with COVID. I was like sleeping for eight or nine hours a night, you know, taking naps, like doing yin yoga as my only workout for like months. Like, like, like relaxing. Like my favorite type of workout, yin and tantra yoga. Yes. Oh, love it. Yes, because they're very feminine. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so much happier. I, I shocked myself. Mm. And that's the thing I tell, I'm like, if you actually relax, you'll be overcome with shock at how quickly you become wildly happy. It's weird. It's just mm. like explodes through your being. And how little so you happy. need to feel that happiness and joy, you know? I feel for me, to be honest, meditation got me there. Like yes. those first 10 days ever that I did of Vipassana changed something deep, deep within me. Yep. You know, I was always impatient. I always needed things to happen instantly. Right. I was always overwhelmed, always in a rush, always overbooked, always doing the yes. most. After that, it just became like, what is the point of this? And I started to realize that a lot of life happens in the mundane things, right? I used to try to escape the mundane, like, ooh, eating is so boring, sleeping is so right. boring, all these things. And I realized that that is the majority of what life is. I know. Right? And I was always looking for the next incredible experience that would be so wild that I could share on Instagram, share on Facebook. Yes. So stressful. That was so freaking stressful. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so with you. It's, um, it's kind of funny. Like, I guess the thing I'm reflecting on, like one of the things I teach in my course is a death meditation, like authentically confronting your own inevitable death because it, it has the capacity that it's a very clarifying power. Like when you really deal with that, I'm going to be dead. I'll be lucky if I can squeeze out a few decades before it happens, but like it's happening. And when I'm yes. and when I'm there and I'm looking back on my life, will I be glad that I enjoyed the mundane and just the richness of eating mm -hmm. delicious foods and spending time with my family? Or will, be, will I be like, well, I'm glad I bungee jumped and showed it on Instagram so everyone thought it was cool. You know, it's like, it helps. It just helps to clarify what actually mm -hmm. matters. Like, you know, and, and um yeah. But I also want to remain open to the fact that like I know many some souls that are like actually I would enjoy the bungee jumping, right? Oh yeah, and I did I it. I had to. Very different journeys as a so as souls. That yes. there are definitely some souls that would be like, yeah, no. The the one that I would love is that one. But yes. again, 
I think this is what makes life so fascinating. Yeah. The human experience is that we all value wildly different things, but I am with you in the fact that I, as I started doing the work, I realized that, no, I don't want to miss the small things. Like I want to watch sunsets. I want to be able to, if I wake up, right, not forcing yeah. myself to catch sunrise. I want to swim in oceans. I want this maybe they're not wildly like exciting, but these for me, I just love these experiences. And I started to fall in love with the mundane, like eating yes. well, eating yes. slowly, enjoying food, taking time out to just sit, talk to my nieces, talk to my family yes. and just be present with what is in this moment. And I realized that we are, we're often, um, kind of like lauding or like praising the big major moments in life, the stellar moments when we're on stage and we're being applauded. But those moments are really fleeting. They happen for just a few hours of our life. Right. But these things like relationshiping with friends, eating, sleeping, all that, all these things are happening on a daily basis and constantly. But we never get like... We never build them up as something incredible, yes. right? Even though they're happening so often. So, yeah. and we, and the thing is that I guess because we are all often all experiencing them. So we kind of hold the, I guess, like the once off experiences in high regard more right. than the everyday life experiences. But then this is life. This yes. is in essence what life is. Yeah. And it's, yeah. Yeah, it's this is such a rich conversation. Um, there's so much I want to share. It's like, I mean, you mentioned early on this stillness. Mm. What I found is that a few things. I found that the most important thing in life is stillness. Mm. When I say stillness, I mean it's just kind of like your mind is is at peace. Yes. Like your mind's actually quiet. And that's why people do things like bungee jumping or skiing, walking on stage. It's not the activities themselves. It's that we actually have a moment of stillness. Like the, the mind becomes very still. Mm. And we think we have to go on stage to have that. But no, you can have the same thing by relishing every second of eating a piece of chocolate. Yeah. You actually can... You, it's possible through practice, and this is one of the things, this is like one of my biggest commitments to teach people, you can learn how to remain in a state of stillness. Yes. Through like a mind, body, spirit transformation so that you don't need anything external. You don't need to make all this money. You don't need to go bungee jumping. You don't need to have people like you. Yes. You actually can train yourself to remain in a state of stillness because with stillness comes an incredible joy like an incredible mm. sense of, of freedom and joy and just like almost like a sense of ecstasy you know just in the mundane in the mundane i'm such a lover of the mundane you know yes. i just i genuinely love it because it's also the crazy thing is also some of the why the most 
gorgeous creations come from the enjoyment of the mundane, right? And yeah. like it's through the stillness, through just like everyday life that we, without the rush, without any of that, that we are able to then see the beauty in life. That's when we're writing things, we're contemplating various yeah. things. And that's where some of the greatest writings come from, yeah. art, dance pieces, you name it. And yet well, yeah. we are all constantly, re I feel like we have been taught again through our society to that chasing of accolades and all the other great things is much right. more valuable than the mundane. No, that's just our brain lying to us. But here's the thing, here's what I'll, I'll, I'll ask you to take a look. Is it, is it the mundane things that you actually like or is it the fact that you experience a sense of stillness while you're doing them? I think it's a sense of stillness. There's a sense of peace, right? Um, I remember reading Byron Katie years ago and she okay. said, nothing is sexier than peace. And I truly believe that. <laughs> That's true. Like, I, That's I definitely feel yes. that. Like now I, I prize peace above all else. And what I've learned yes. about peace is that it doesn't mean that the that my external environment is peaceful. I can be in the midst of some of the most chaotic life experiences, yep. but being able to keep my peace, even in the midst of everything, even in the midst of things that are directly affecting me, directly affecting the ones I love. Yes. There's something so powerful about that. Yes. And again, these are the experiences that I've just started having like about four or five years ago. It took me at least five years of practicing Vipassana to get to that point. Yes. And now to just be there. Because even during when COVID started, that's when I realized how much of me had changed. You know, yeah. the world was changing. Everything was happening. And yet somewhere within me was this just peace that whatever happens, happens right whatever will be will be yes. and that's not to say yeah. that i gave up i continued to do my business i continued right. to do everything and to be as ambitious to be whatever but it's that learning how to detach from whatever the outcome is yes yes well and that's where it kind of circles back to this conversation about faith because that mm -hmm. is faith it's the faith is not being attached to an outcome inside of a firm belief that all is for the best yes yes that ultimately okay. it will be okay okay my final question I'm fine. I'm fine. um <laughs> i thought it was an hour later than it actually is but this is such a good conversation i would say will you talk we'll talk longer or we should do a second podcast <laughs> we have to do a second podcast i have one last question that i was planning to ask you and then um we're going to close it off because you and I can talk forever, right? So my last question to you is, uh, can you um, share any three lessons that you've learned on about healing, either from your own journey or from working with others that has made an impact on you and has shifted the way that you see life and events? I feel like you shared so much, but what are the, some of the top three if you had to do them in bullet yeah. points? Yeah, I mean, you know, frankly, to me, the absolute most important one, and it's not 
an intuitive one. It's to surrender. Mm. And when I say surrender, I mean, really surrender, like let go of control of your life, like let go of trying to control every outcome Mm. and what people think of you and all that stuff and just fully surrender to God or the divine or whatever you think, like, um, because that's the catalyst that caught, that starts the transformational process. Mm. And it doesn't, and that's what changed everything for me is like this one moment where I was like, you know what, you know what, God, I don't know if you exist, but if you do come into my life and everything changed immediately. Like I could talk for hours about how fast things started to move hundreds of thousands of dollars, total like life-changing, like, like, Mm -hmm. like getting off drugs that I had been abusing for 11 years to. Oh, I want to bring you back to talk about that journey. Yes. And everything changed you know, immediately in, I can do it every time. In fact, I do it every morning. I wake up and I, and I have my first conscious thought be like, you know what, God, this is my life. This isn't my day. Like if I try to do anything, it'll just be a mess. So just like work through me, like, you know, let my words be your words. Let my hands be your hands. Like I just, I have no greater desire than to be a faithful servant of God because my life is so much better and easier that way. Like, what the hell am I doing trying to make things work myself? So that's the first thing. You must surrender. Because when you, when you fully surrender energetically, the evolutionary process of your soul can start to happen very rapidly. Meaning the people, the resources, whether it's meditation, whether it's a book you read, whether it's coaching with me or Van, it'll come right into your life right away. And because this process wants to happen. So that's number one. Um, Number two, stop being afraid of difficult emotions. Things like fear, things like anger, things like sadness, when they arise in us, we tend to numb, like find ways to numb. Like for me, for a decade, it was using substances. And now it's just like eating sugar or busying myself like just being busy with things or not recently, but in the past, like binging Netflix, right? And it's a way to not have to experience the discomfort of the feeling because it feels like it's going to overwhelm us. It's like, our brain is like, this is bad. I should be feeling groovy every second. But the reality is that those things are coming up so that we can heal them. So as long as we're suppressing it, we're numbing it, not allowing ourselves to feel it it just stays there we can't heal like we can't grow and transform without looking at what the wounds are and difficult emotions are the road signs pointing to what is requiring healing Mm -hmm. honestly without them we have no idea yes this is what i keep telling people who are constantly I'm like, it's okay to feel gratitude, but this constant obsession with like, oh, I'm feeling angry. Oh, no, let me skip to forgiveness. Oh, I'm feeling this. Let me quickly skip to gratitude. It's You're not listening to what your spirit, your soul, everything is trying to tell you. And so because we're so used to suppressing things and instantly not sitting with the discomfort, we go in quest of 
pleasure, right? Exactly. And that's the other thing is like, oh, you don't have to learn through hard emotions. That's one of the trends that uh, that people sell now. It's like, you can just learn everything through pleasure. Not true. Life is a balance. There's some things that you're going to experience that are uncomfortable and there's some things that you're going to learn through absolute pleasure but to insist that everything in life should be constantly pleasant again it's that you're not aware of the contraction and expansion contraction out of life it is and there can it's like we talked about there can't be life without death everything Mm. has to die in order Mm. to become food for life so it's like we can't be happy without experiencing all the opposite, every other spectrum of the emotion. But here's the interesting thing that happens. And this was just fascinating for me. When I got, when I got off drugs, when I took away all my distractions and had the courage to start to step into my fears, there's something that magic, magical that happens. They're not, they don't overwhelm me like I thought. I actually experience an incredible amount of joy and peace by doing that deep inner healing work. And then it's healed and it doesn't have to come back as intensely or loud anymore. Or if I feel angry, it's like, okay, there's a boundary that's being crossed for me. And rather than kind of suppress it or even react, if I just get really curious, like, hmm, I wonder what that could be. Then Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll find something that's not, it's not sitting well with my intuition. It's like, oh, I feel X or Y or Z. So I guess it's like to treat your difficult emotions with love and curiosity as the keys to the kingdom of your own healing. Because when you do this, you become a self-healing entity. Like rather than needing to go to some therapist for 20 years and barely make progress, if you just really love your own inner child and have conversations with him or her, and yeah. ask them about what they're afraid of right now, yeah. that kid will be like, I feel good. Thanks for healing me. And we can grow yeah. at, at, at an accelerated level, like really fast. Yes. We, and we, then we can actually have a shot at becoming mature adults, which I feel like most mm-hmm. people never do, especially in America. Most of us are just reacting from the wounded inner child of the wounded inner teen, right? Yeah. And so we're reacting in these irrational ways. And we're like, and sometimes we even think to ourselves, why are we behaving that way? But it's just because we haven't worked with the wounded inner child and the wounded inner teen. Children are not right. And that's a big deal doing shadow work. Mm -hmm. My three year old's here. Hey, Lily, (sighs) you want to come say hi? She just loves frolicking outside. I put like fairy doors on all these trees. There's all these like big mature trees that she can. Oh, look at her. Oh, she's so cute. Papa's friend, man. What are you doing? What are you doing, silly? Can you say hi? No, she's feeling a little shy. Okay. (laughs) No, she'd rather just frolic outside. what was I even just saying? Uh, no, we're talking oh yeah, about work, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then, gosh, the third thing. <sighs> um, so, John, 
I feel like we have spoken so much and people have gotten so much from this conversation and they want to check you out. They want to follow you. They want to get coaching. They want to be in the courses. How do people get hold of you? Yeah. Um, Thanks for asking. Um, Right now, my website is simple. It's just www.johntgriffith.com. Okay. And you can book time on people's calendars, whether it's me or my coaches, like Polite is on there, meditation coach, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and next week, we're going to rebrand it. It's becoming bigger than John T. Griffith and my <laughs> giant egos show. Yeah. I have all these people and all these things happening. So it's going to be called Freedom and Bliss Healing Network.com. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I always wondered about coaches who name nothing against them right i've always just wondered yeah. about coaches who name their coaching practices yeah. after themselves because what happens yeah. i've always wondered what happens when you scale bigger than yourself and when that's you what already happened to me right away yeah. yeah no i just followed the model because that's what everyone does so i'm like all right john t griffith.com i don't what know is <laughs> in like well like basically in two months i got so flooded with business that i started you know, finding all these other coaches, but honestly, um, so yeah, so one of those two ways, or frankly, just check my social media out. So my Facebook, my Instagram, LinkedIn, I'm usually posting on all of them. And, um, but I want to share the reason it's becoming so, so big is because what I'm doing long-term is actually building a network of holistic healers in, in preventative medicine, people like and then um, I want to be a central hub where people can come for healing. So, yes. and then eventually, hopefully not very long in the future, um, creating sort of like an alternative insurance model where people oh, can, yeah. people, practitioners can pay You're into it. about this. It's yeah, so that, um, so that things like naturopathic medicine and all these things are actually covered. Um, yes. in, so it's kind of like a, it's just an alternative. It's an alternative to the current healthcare system. It's like, but so that's what we're building towards. So it's now Freedom of Bliss Healing Network. The idea being we're, we're building a whole network of healers with all these different healing modalities. Maybe wealthy money is one of them because that's a big deal for a lot of people if you want to be on my website. Um, so that's what we're building toward kind of fast, like faster than I would have. That sounds incredible. Actually, I would love wealthy money to be one of them. I'm definitely Yes, there. I would love that too. Would um, love, love it. Okay. So we'll, we'll we'll sort that piece out offline. Um, but yeah, yeah, I say just you know go to the website. You can you can. This is so awesome. I I love what you're saying. Um, when I was living in South Korea, I remember for the first time ever, because um, I'd always paid for my acupuncturist out of my own pocket, right? Going to the acupuncturist, and then they asked me, "Do you have health insurance?" I was like, "Yeah." And then like, yeah, oh, health insurance covers everything that happens in this healing space. I was like, what? Why are people not going to acupuncture all the time? So acupuncture twice a week and, I, and my wow. health insurance also covered my herbs, believe it or not. So wow. You said yeah. South Korea? All right, well, let's, we just and need to replicate that. And they covered my cupping. I mean, actual cupping and massage from my, uh, from my acupuncturist. I was... Wow. In all, so I got cupping twice a week. I got acupuncture twice a week, and I yep. got hurt, and they were and all covered. I healed. paid like twice a week. What came out of my pocket was like 
$5 a week. Yes. Wow. I'm so glad to hear that this model already exists. I'm just trying to replicate it in the United States and then eventually even globally. Um, because mm. I feel like people are ready for healing in a new way post-COVID. Yeah. Like it kind of, it kind of forced the world to get off the hamster wheel of masculine mayhem and be yeah. like, wait a minute, what are we doing? Like, why are we, why are we working ourselves to these levels of unhealth and unhappiness? Why don't we yes. start to focus on healing and healing the earth and healing ourselves yeah. and, and um, like that. So I'm just trying to, I'm trying to, I'm just trying to make something available for people, like an alternative, like, Maybe you don't have to, if you have a headache, maybe you don't have to go to a doctor, wait two weeks, see them for five minutes and get a drug. Like maybe you have a resource where it's like, have you ever heard of acupuncture? Let me tell you about that. Oh, here's the local acupuncturist in your area. Oh, and it's covered, you know, or like, have you looked at your diet? You know, just giving, giving people alternatives because part of the dynamic in Western culture is like, it doesn't take into account the holistic nature of like we're systems of systems. We're not just yep. a physical body. We're an emotional body, a mental body, a spiritual body, an etheric body. We're astral bodies. Like there's so much happening in the energy of the human body. And if you're, if you're not taking into account all the systems, you're going to make mistakes. You're just going to oversimplify things and, and, and not actually heal them. So that's what I'm creating. Um, in the West, I think it's about how do you create the most profit, but also yep. how do you heal the symptoms versus the causes? Because yep. like we've just been talking about all the things that you've mentioned, healing causes is actually not an easy thing. It's like, it's easier yep. for people to say, pop a tablet, come get surgery versus like yep. sit with the discomfort, yes. be with the anger, feel the anxiety, feel yep. the panic. Yeah. So we we're literally part of the thing that the system does is it trains us to want quick fixes right yes, so that right. is also part of the challenge it's like we become people who want to heal symptoms versus causes yeah 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 absolutely but you know here's the cool thing is that there's a whole momentum here in the united states that hasn't existed around holistic and health and, and medicine yes. um it's kind of coming from the East, but there's this sort of fusion. So it's like, it's like, you know, there's a fusion between all these different modalities and there's an interest that there never was. So it's exciting to be kind of part of creating this whole new system mm. um, because people have slowed down enough to be like, well, maybe I do want to get to the cause, you know, like a naturopathic doctor will spend an entire hour with you talking about everything, every aspect of your life. And just yeah. by taking that much time, usually they can figure it out pretty fast. Like if they're skilled enough, they'll be able to pinpoint like, oh, it's just drinking caffeine and that's messing up your hormones. Or like, it's just, it's usually something that's simple. Not usually, often. It's often something that's simple. And if you can catch it early on, it doesn't become some catastrophic, you know, diabetes or heart disease or whatever these kind of latent things, by the time you get to a hospital, it's like too late, you know, you could have, you could have prevented it with the right resources. So that's what I'm really committed to doing and to being and to providing people is just resources to take their healing into their own hands. 
Amen. You know, to Amen. to get to the root causes and to heal the Amen. deeper aspects of themselves. So, yeah. Whew, this is so powerful, John. I have wow. I've thoroughly enjoyed this, and I'm just so grateful. Thank yeah. you for your time. Thank you for your knowledge, and always just being so open like you're always so willing to come through and I'm like oh can you do this for my cause can you do this for the podcast yeah. so thank yeah. you for that and guys please do check out John's website do follow him on social media he shares some powerful things he shares his journey it's just beautiful and he is absolutely as authentic on social media as he is here and in real life as well so really really powerful so thank you so much money magicians for tuning in to uh, this week catch us for another incredible podcast episode next week yay thanks so much man take care thanks john i hope you enjoyed this week's episode if you find this podcast helpful and enlightening, please can you do me a favor and go leave the podcast a five-star review on iTunes or leave a comment on YouTube. And of course, share it with your family and friends. I would really appreciate it because it would help other money magicians who are looking to change their relationship with money find this podcast, which would really make my day. Also, as a bonus, if you're interested in changing your spending habits, I have a complimentary ebook for you. You can download it at wealthy-money.com forward slash workbook. Again, wealthy-money.com forward slash workbook. Have a fantastic day further and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Money Magic Podcast.